Amen. It's good to see you this morning. It's good to be in church this morning. It's great to come together as the family of God to praise our Savior together. Amen. If you've got a Bible this morning, can you turn to Acts chapter 2? Acts chapter 2. We're going to read from verse 1 to 4. And this morning we're going to jump back into a series that we've been going through this year on a Sunday morning, which is all about the Holy Spirit. We've been looking at who the Holy Spirit is, that the Holy Spirit is co-equal, is the co-equal member of the Trinity, that there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that He is God, that He is a person, and that He is the God in the now who wants to interact with us as believers this morning. And this morning we come to part three of a message that we've been looking at, and that is, what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? So, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. And it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. That's the disciples. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So this morning we're going to look at part three of this message. What is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? And, and as we've looked at the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we've looked at in particular four different passages in, in the book of Acts, which all show us uh, different occasions where the, Holy Spirit was, where the Holy Spirit was outpoured and believers received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And as we look at these four different passages, we notice that there are six things that we need to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. We saw a few weeks ago that the first thing that we need to know is that the Holy, when the baptism, uh, when the Holy Spirit was poured out and people received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it was an overwhelming sense of God's presence that was felt by everybody. As we see there, even on the day of Pentecost, it says that the Holy Spirit, that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Every single one of the believers there with open hearts as they were praying and waiting upon God and worshiping God, they all felt God's presence. But it wasn't just the believers in that upper room. We see that on that day of Pentecost, everybody in the city felt and sensed God's presence. And that's the incredible thing about God, is that God's presence can be felt and it can be experienced. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, isn't just uh, some theology. It isn't just something that we fill our minds with, but we can encounter God. We, it's something that we experience. We can know the infilling of God. The second thing that we learned about the baptism in the Holy Spirit is that it is a separate experience to, to salvation, although it can happen simultaneously. It can happen at the same time as we surrender our lives to Christ. But we see that when we surrender our lives to Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. He confirms that we are now children of God. He is the one who convicts us of sin. He is the one who opens up our hearts to receive the gospel. And when we surrender our lives to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. But what we see in the Bible is that when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's a different experience. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is to empower us to be effective witnesses for Christ. And it is to empower us to live the Christian life, to live like Jesus and to live this Christian life. 
And so this morning, I, and maybe you haven't been here over the last few weeks, maybe you can't remember those messages, maybe you want to listen to those mes- messages, maybe you don't, but if you do want to listen back over those messages, you can listen to them on our website, on our podcast. Uh, on our podcast. But this morning, we're going to look at the next two things, the next two things that we need to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then next week, we're going to look at the final two things that we need to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. So the third thing that we need to know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, as you can see on the screen behind us, is that speaking in tongues is the initial evidence of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. We believe that when somebody is baptized, when somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit, the initial evidence, the first evidence, the first sign, the indicator that somebody has been baptized with the Holy Spirit is that they will begin to speak in other tongues, in tongues, in languages that they have never learned as the Holy Spirit enables them, as the Holy Spirit enables them. You know, in, every, in nearly every passage that we read in the book of Acts concerning the activity of the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we usually see a reference uh, to speaking in tongues or to praying in tongues. When somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit, when, when there are people there, when the Holy Spirit is moving, we usually see in the book of Acts that there is often linked to that speaking in other tongues. As we've just read there in verse 4 of Acts chapter 2, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. It wasn't something that they just happened as they began to sense God's presence. It wasn't something that they began to do in and of themselves. It was as the Holy Spirit came upon them, they began to speak in a language that they had never learned It says in Acts chapter 10, in verse 44 to 46, it says, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. So when the Holy Spirit was poured out there, they heard them speaking in other tongues. In Acts chapter 19 verse 6 it says, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So speaking in tongues, we see here on all these occasions in the book of Acts when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, the first sign of that is that they will speak in tongues. It's the initial evidence And I'm not just saying that this morning because we are an Assemblies of God church or we're a Pentecostal church. You know, we're part of the Assemblies of God and and one of the values, one of the uh, statements of an Assemblies of God church is that we believe that the initial evidence of someone being baptized in the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. But I'm not saying that because we're part of an AOG church or because we're a Pentecostal church. I'm not saying this or preaching this this morning because of what my family have told me or because I've grown up in this church. It is just something that we see from Scripture. And we need to base everything. We need to base everything on the Word of God. What do we see in the Bible? What does the Bible teach us? And we see firmly that in the book of Acts that when somebody is filled with the Holy Spirit, the first indicator, the first sign is that they will speak in tongues. Now, when I was growing up in church, I've got to be honest, I always thought it was a bit weird. I, I, w- before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I didn't know what was going on. I thought somebody was just speaking in a different language. I thought somebody was being a bit silly. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand it. You know, many people today, they get apprehensive about speaking in tongues. Maybe because of what they've seen, because of what they've heard. 
they think it's weird and they get freaked out by it and they don't want to they don't want to be filled with the holy spirit because of that they have a lot of apprehension they're afraid of speaking in tongues and what tongues is and maybe maybe someone here this morning maybe you feel a little bit like that maybe you're a bit apprehensive about what about speaking in other tongues but you know speaking in other tongues it's simply a holy spirit empowered way for us to communicate with god it's first and foremost a way that we can communicate with god where the holy spirit inside us begins to communicate with god it's a prayer language as we see in scripture it is for us as believers to build us up and strengthen us in our praying and helping us in communicate with god you know i think that sometimes people are afraid that all of a sudden because they've been filled with the holy spirit all of a sudden they'll begin to speak in tongues at work they begin to speak in tongues in tesco or on the streets and people will get freaked out because of it but that's not how it works we see that speaking in tongues the act of speaking in tongues is our response to being baptized with the holy spirit it's our response to being filled with the holy spirit it is god speaking in and through us it is him empowering us as we see in verse 4 there all of them were filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit enabled them so it says god's spirit comes upon us and fills us for the first time and baptizes us that first time is that we begin to speak in other tongues it doesn't mean that we have to control them it starts happening here there and everywhere and so that other people freak out but it says we're filled as we open up our lives to god then god enables us to speak in other tongues as we see in these passages these languages the the language that the holy spirit enabled the people to speak was an outpouring of worshiping and magnifying god this came people began to speak in other tongues as they were filled with the holy spirit but it all came as they were worshiping god they were just there praising and worshiping god and all of a sudden they sense began to sense god's presence come they began to sense the infilling of god's spirit and as they were continuing to praise god these other languages came out that they had never learned that they hadn't even studied that they never experienced these other languages came out just simply as they began to worship and as they were continuing to praise god the spirits were responding to the incredible move of god that was taking place they were responding to god and that's what happened is they were just focusing on god you know i'm sure they weren't there thinking oh i need to start speaking in another language i'm sure they weren't thinking as as they, as they were waiting oh lord fill us with your spirit so i can speak this other language they weren't thinking that as they were worshiping it just happened there was an overflow of their worship and as they were magnifying god it just came out as god enabled them as god empowered them it wasn't something that they came up with on their own it was god who was doing it in and through them as they were magnifying god as they were worshiping their savior you know the holy spirit will by no means take control of you and force you to speak in another language it happened as they began to worship god and as they opened up themselves to god but the holy spirit will not force himself upon you and he will not force himself force you to speak in another language you know as it says there we look at another passage in john chapter 7 this is how jesus described it john chapter 7 verse 37 to 39 this is what jesus described this is how jesus describes it he says on the last day on the last and greatest day of the feast jesus stood and said in a loud voice if anyone is thirsty let him come to me and drink whoever believes in me as the scripture has said streams of living water will flow 
from within him. By this he meant that the Spirit, whom those who had believed him, him were later to receive. Out of those who would open their hearts, those who were hunger, hungry and thirsty after God, out of them would flow rivers of living water. You know, when we open up our hearts and pray in faith to God to baptize us, the Holy Spirit comes upon us and it's like a river that begins to flow on the inside of us. It's a river of praise that just needs to get out. And as we begin to praise God and worship God, and as he begins to fill us, it's like we can't hold it back anymore. It's just going to come out our praise and our worship. And that's when it comes. If we allow God to have his way in our lives, then living water will flow out of us, will overflow out of us into an awesome new prayer language. It overflows into this new incredible prayer language that we have never learned before. And this is what the Bible is referring to when it talks about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues enables us to communicate directly with God in a very special way, in a powerful way. You know, the Holy Spirit comes and he, he infills us and he, he communicates with God. He knows what we need. He knows what we need more than what we need, uh, more than what we know. But you know, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we begin to speak in tongues, it's for our benefit. It's so that it enables us to pray and communicate with God in a greater way, in a special way. It's an incredible gift, and it's given for us. We are enabled to speak in tongues for, the be for our benefit. It's to increase our relationship with God. You know, I thank God that we can speak in tongues, but I believe sometimes we hold it back a little bit too much. You know, when we are filled with the Holy Spirit, we are, God's given this incredible gift that we can communicate with God, that we can pray into the things of God in a greater way when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. You know, it's God's gift to us. Speaking in tongues is God's gift to us. And it's something that we don't have to be afraid of or we don't have to shrink back from. You know, it's, it's God's gift to us and God gives us good gifts. It's something that we don't have to be afraid of when, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. Allow that language to come out. It's for your benefit. It's to communicate with God, but it's to praise Him. It's that new prayer language for you to speak, uh, to praise Him and worship Him with. But why, why else? Was that, why else did they speak in tongues? Not only is it for the benefit of us as believers, and, and for, uh, it's not only a, a great prayer language for us, but why else? Well, I believe that, that the Holy Spirit was poured out and they began to speak in other tongues that they had never learned. And I believe that was because it was a reminder for them. God empowered them and they began to speak these other languages that they'd never learned. And it was a reminder that when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, it was so that they would be empowered to go and reach the rest of the world for God. It was a reminder of the Great Commission that they were to reach the ends of the earth with the gospel. So that when they, began to, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues, it was a reminder that God hasn't empowered you just to stay where you are. But it's a reminder that God has empowered you to go and reach the world for Jesus Christ. To reach those in far off countries, to spread the good news of Jesus to all of mankind. It was a reminder. And it's a reminder for us as well. When we speak in tongues, yes, it's for our benefit. Yes, it's a prayer language. Yes, it's to strengthen our relationship. But it's also as a reminder for us that we need to reach the world. That God has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. That we are to be empowered with the Holy Spirit to reach those around us. That is why we need the Holy Spirit. Because we can't do it in none of our own strength. We'll fail we shrink back, we get afraid, we don't know what to say, especially in a world that's broken and so anti-Christ and anti-God. 
That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit to effectively share the good news of Jesus to all around us. So it was a reminder as well. Not only was there a new prayer language, not only was it for their benefit, but it was a reminder that they were to reach the world with the gospel. They'd been filled in order so that they would pour out, that they could be poured out. And that's why we are filled. We're filled not just to have a nice tingly feeling. We're not just filled with the Holy Spirit so that we might have a nice time in church on a Sunday. We're empowered with the Holy Spirit that we might be effective witnesses out there. That we might shine the light of Christ out there in the darkness out there. That's why we've been filled with the Holy Spirit to, to go out into this world and reach it for Christ. Now in a few weeks' time, we're going to be looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we're going to be looking at, uh, more in depth at, at speaking in tongues. There's a lot more to it. And we can, we're going to look at it in a, four, a few more weeks. But I pray this morning that they would just be a starter for us. That you don't have to be afraid of it. It's just an overflow of worship with God. And it's as God empowers us. It's a, and it's for our benefit. It's a new prayer language. And it's a reminder to go out to God. So when you open up your heart to Christ, just begin to worship him. Don't worry about the rest of it. And they'll just come out as an overflow of that. They'll come out. You'll begin to speak in new languages. But as I've said, it's an indicator. It's the initial evidence. It's an evidence for us as believers that, yeah, they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I will say in a few weeks' time that not just because, because somebody just speaks in tongues doesn't mean that they are also right with God. And we'll look at that in a few weeks' time. But it is the initial evidence that someone, when someone is filled with the Holy Spirit that they'll begin to speak in other tongues. The other thing that we look at and that we see in the, the next four passages of Scripture to do with the baptism and the Holy Spirit, we see is felt by all. We see that it's a, a separate experience for our salvation. When people are baptized with the Holy Spirit, we see that the initial evidence is speaking in tongues. But we also see that the laying on of hands can be helpful, but it isn't essential. That when people are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we can pray for them, we can lay hands on them to receive the power of God, but it isn't essential. Maybe I could ask Dav, can I have a volunteer? Dav, maybe could you come up here for, for a moment? And when I'm talking about laying on our hands, you might have seen many things happening. I, know, I don't always get a volunteer this morning. But when we see laying on our hands, maybe you've seen on TV that some people, they get a little bit weird of it. Maybe they put their hands, sorry, messing up your hair, put in their hands uh, on their head and they begin to shake them and they push them over to fall over. That's not what I'm on about, about laying on our hands. I'm not on about when we talk about, and when the Bible talks about laying on our hands, we're just simply laying their hands upon the shoulder and praying for them that God would empower them. So sorry for ruining your hands. You may go and sit, you may go and sit down. But it's, I'm sorry, for, uh, I apologize for that, Dad, for ruining your hair this morning. But I just wanted to show this morning that when we lay hands on somebody, it's not there to push people over so that they, it's a great spectacle or, or anything like that. The Bible doesn't say that we lay hands on people for it's a great spectacle or to push people over or in an inappropriate way. But when the Bible says that we lay hands upon people, we're just simply putting our hands on their shoulders and praying for them that God might heal them or God might uh, touch their lives. You know, it says in Acts chapter 14, and uh, Acts chapter 8 verse 14, 17 it says that the apostles showed up and they, they laid hands on everyone and when they laid hands on all the believers it says that they received the holy spirit the apostles they were filled with the holy spirit and they prayed for others and they began to lay hands on others that they too might receive the holy spirit it says in acts chapter 10 and verse 44 to 46 when pre peter was preaching nobody laid hands on anyone 
but yet the Holy Spirit still fell and they were all filled. We see here in Acts chapter 2 that nobody laid hands on each other, but yet the Holy Spirit came. So there are occasions in the Bible where we see, and especially in the Acts, when people lay on hands and people receive the Holy Spirit. And there are times when people don't lay hands on others and they still receive the Holy Spirit. You know, but I believe that the Bible is encouraging us when we do lay hands. It's an encouragement for those around us, for those other believers. It's an encouragement that you're praying for them and you're believing with them, that you're joining with them. When we lay hands on other people, it's not saying that I have the power and now I'm going to transfer that power. It's not saying anything like that. But it's just that simple encouragement. When we lay hands on others, we are joining with the other believer and believing with them together. It's an encouragement that we want to stand alongside you and believe that God is going to fill you, that God is going to empower you. We are praying for it alongside you. We are joining together. And that's why I believe the Bible shows us that there are times when Sometimes the apostles prayed for people and laid hands on them for, to receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit came. And there are other times when they didn't, and still the Holy Spirit came. And so we see that there are times, even in our church services, you've seen that when we lay hands on people, when we pray for people, we know it isn't absolutely necessary. It's not, we don't have to definitely do it. You know, we don't have to just... You, this morning, don't think that if, you've got to, if you're going to receive the Holy Spirit, then you're going to need myself or somebody else to lay hands on you. We can receive the Holy Spirit when we just open up our hearts at any time, at any place. God can literally do anything He wants to do, anywhere, at any time. He is God. So you don't need to wait to come to church for somebody to lay hands on you so that you would receive the Holy Spirit. But it's also an encouragement. Sometimes there might be times where you might want that. You might just want somebody to join you and stand by you and agree with you and lay hands on you so that you might receive it and stand with you. But the Bible doesn't say that. You know, I told the story in the introduction of the series as we come to a conclusion. In the introduction of the series, I shared the story of how I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it happened on a Monday night where we had our youth cell meeting. And we were all together as a youth group, and we were in this room with Pastor Rob. And Pastor Rob was encouraging us to receive the Holy Spirit. And I just remember just sitting there, all together in the room, and we were praying and we were waiting upon God. And I just remember sensing God's presence. I began to sense that living water that was bubbling up inside of me, ready to outpour. But I was a little bit nervous. I didn't want it happen in front of everyone. I don't know why, but it just didn't happen. I didn't want to fully let go in that service there. But I remember that I just sensed God's presence. And I thought, and I went home that night and I thought, God, I still want you. I want more of you. I want to be filled with your spirit. And I remember just sitting on my bed in my bedroom that night and just praying and waiting upon God. And I asked God, God, would you fill me? And as I began to pray, as I began to wait upon him, that river of living water came out and I began to speak in other tongues. I began to praise him. I began to worship him. And it happened as I sat on my bed. It didn't happen as Pastor Rob laid his hands on me or anybody else laid their hands on me. It was happened as I was sitting on my bed, just open, opened my heart to God, and God began to fill me there and then in my bedroom that night. And so I want to encourage us this morning that even right now this morning, you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to wait for somebody to lay hands on you. If you want somebody to come and pray with you and lay hands on you, then that's great. We do that, and I encourage that, and we want to do that, and we continue to do that as a church. We believe for that, and sometimes there might be, God might lay it on our hearts to do that. But I want to encourage you this morning that you can receive the Holy Spirit right here, right now. 
You can receive him when you leave this place. All that you need to do is open up your life to God and say, God, I want to be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want to receive this gift. I want to know that empowering so that I may be effective witness. I want to know that I need that reminder sometimes. I want to have that new prayer language to communicate with you in a great way. I want that. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, and all you have to do is open up your heart and ask. Say, Lord, will you fill me? Will you come? I long for you. Will you fill me? I long for your Holy Spirit. It says, this is what Jesus says as we come to a conclusion. Luke chapter 11, verse, thir- uh, verse 11 to 13. Luke chapter 11, verse 11 to 13. Which of your fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God is longing to pour out his Spirit. If you think this morning that he isn't, that he doesn't want to fill you, then you're mistaken. Because God longs for each and every one of us to know the power of God. He longs for you to know the empowering of the Holy Spirit. He longs for you to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. And I can promise you, when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, it totally transformed my walk with Christ. I was quite apathetic beforehand. I thought it was just about turning up to church and singing songs. You know, I love God, but, but I thought that was it. But when I was filled with the Holy Spirit, it totally transformed my walk with Christ. I had a new love, a new passion for him. I began to sense what God had called me to do, what he placed me on this earth to do. I began to sense his direction for my life. I began to love him in a greater way and know him in a greater way when I received the Holy Spirit in my life. And I had a new passion to share Jesus with everyone that I came in contact with. And so I encourage you this morning, open up your life to him. It's the greatest gift you will ever receive. And it's a gift that, you, uh, that is for your benefit. It is to build you up. You know, what if I told you this morning, what, if, what would you do if you had a letter in the post telling you that someone had given you a million pounds and all you had to do was go to the bank, take your passport or your driver's license with you and sign some paper? What if this morning you had a letter through your door, this, well, not this morning because they don't deliver on Sunday, do they? But on a Saturday, yesterday morning, what if you had received a letter and they told you in that letter, you're going to receive a million pounds, and all you were going to have to do was to go to the bank and sign for it and ask for it, and that was it. What would you do in that situation? I don't know what, what you would do. I know what I would do. I would drop everything. I would be running to that. Well, I'd jump in the car. I'd be straight in that bank. I would get that million pounds. But, you know, until I do my part, that money would be sitting there on the shelf. Until I actually took a step and got into my car and drove down there to go and pick that up, that million pound could be sitting in our bank for the rest of my life. It's only until I would go down there and pick it up for myself and receive it, that's when I can enjoy that million pound. That's the, that's the time when I can receive that incredible gift. And so it is also with a gift from God. So it is with the Holy Spirit. He freely gives the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is greater than any earthly money which is greater than any money on this world. The Holy Spirit is greater than any gift that we could receive. But until we ask God for it, until we open up our lives and ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit, it's just sitting there waiting there. And you know, we can go through life and so, it can be so tough and our Christian world can be so tough, but God is saying, look, 
I'm ready to give you the Holy Spirit. He's there ready to empower you and walk with you and help you. All you have to do is ask and seek me and you can know him. So many of us are like neglecting and saying, no, I'd rather just carry on going to church. I'd rather just live my life. Don't worry about that. But we're missing out on so much. We're missing out on so much. And I believe the church today is missing out on so much because we haven't asked. And we're not asking. I encourage us today. Don't let the Holy Spirit just stay there or wait there. Don't wait. But today, open up your heart and say, God, fill me with your spirit. I want to receive that gift. I want to know the Holy Spirit in and through my life. I want to know him in my life. And this morning, as you ask him, you can receive. Because as it says there in Luke 11, verse 13, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? He's waiting. Are you going to ask him this morning? Amen. Shall we pray? This morning, as I've said, you don't have to wait for somebody to lay hands on you to receive the Holy Spirit. Just open up your heart this morning. This is between you and God and ask Him to fill you and baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You can know His power and His presence even right now. Just begin to worship Jesus. Begin to give thanks to God and you can know Him coming upon your life, filling you, empowering you. Maybe this morning you have been filled. Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was even yesterday. But I encourage you today, open up your life once again and say, Lord, would you fill me again? I long for the Holy Spirit. I long to be empowered again. Let's just wait upon him this morning. Let's just call upon him this morning in the quietness of our, even our own hearts this morning. Praise you, Lord Jesus. We worship you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I thank you this morning that for the Holy Spirit. I thank you that when you ascended into heaven, Jesus, you didn't leave us on our own, but you sent the Holy Spirit to come and not only confirm that we belong to you, Lord, but also to empower us to live this Christian life, to, to be effective witnesses for you. And Lord Jesus, I pray this morning for, for us as a church, for everyone that's here this morning, would you baptize us again? Would you fill us again with your Spirit? Would you pour out your spirit upon us again? We need you, Holy Spirit, so that we might shine your light, that we might bring glory and honor to you, that other people might see you in and through our lives, that we might see your will being done and your kingdom come. Lord, we pray, pour out your spirit upon us again. Fill us anew again, we pray. Even today, Lord, even as we leave this place, Lord, I pray that we would seek you and long for you and you would fill us again, that we might bring glory and honor unto your name. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. And we welcome you with our praises. We welcome you, Lord. Pray that you would come and you would shake us, you would change us and transform us, that you would be glorified. Lord, we thank you and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I encourage you, keep asking, keep seeking.